Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 says, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. Someone say, his armor. And I wanted to jump to another story so bad. But God just kept pulling me back in. And then it says, He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried, watch this, in vain to go. I'm in verse 39. He tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. And so David ends up going. Bible says in the next verse, uh, he says, or as it continues, he said, Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. And he goes on, and he gets a slingshot and five smooth stones, and he puts them in a pouch. And not only does he put them in the pouch, uh, but then this is what God uses for him to knock down Goliath. And I, you know, I just want to go back and just kind of look at this, these, a couple of items from here. Um, because it's powerful that God gives David the ability to use, he took five but uses one. And I want to zone in and go back to this because there are many of you that sense and feel like you always have to use everything that is in your um, arsenal. And this is it. God, as I said, I believe in this season is narrowing in and is getting you to the place where you're not just shooting everywhere and using everything. I believe that in this season, the giants that God, I just feel prophecy on me today. But the giants that are up ahead of you and us as a church and the church at large, that God is not, we are not going to be left empty when we're done fighting. Oh, someone ought to catch that. That there are many of you that you have felt depleted on the end of it. And God is saying, no, that's because in many regards, you did not trust me for strategy. And he's saying that, watch, all you, although you have all of the money, watch this, what God, oh, let me say it, Jesus. What God wants for you, watch this, and what he has for your future is going to be based on his direction and favor, not on how much you have, but what you use from what you have. And how you use what you have. Oh. And so this is it because there are properties that are, and you know I'm not a turnaround seven times and you're going to get a house tomorrow guy. But I'm telling you, there are properties because of what God wants to do as a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What God is going to desire to do, he's going to use something unconventional in your life to cause you to acquire, many of you, you're actually going to testify to this, to acquire property that was outside of your price range. Watch this. There are some of you, you can afford it. Oh God, can I speak? That you can afford it on the monthly payment sort of a deal. But you don't have all of the down payment. And someone's going to testify that the rest of the down payment that you needed is going to come to you in an unconventional manner. And when you thought, watch this, you're going to actually end up paying less for it than you expected. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whose testimony that fits into. Okay. Let me, let me come out of here real quick. 
But this the thing. This the thing because oh, when it comes to not just but to being strategic with the stones that you use, but you have to be just as strategic with the armor that you have on. Hear me, hear me, hear me. And this is why it says, number one, then Saul clothed David with his armor. Can I tell you, you got to learn to dress yourself. In this next season, you're going to have to move. Watch this. I mean this with no disrespect, uh, but many of you are invalids in the spirit. And God is saying, watch this. This is why Ephesians 6 says that you've got to put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to, you've got to dress yourself. Somebody say, I got to dress myself. Oh my, oh my. Stop, stop complaining about who's not giving you stuff. Come on, somebody. Stop complaining. In this seat, can I just flow prophetically today? Because I just sense the spirit of prophecy on somebody that has been, watch this, complaining about the fact that you are not getting uh, certain relationships in your life. And God is saying, I am stopping that person from being able to get credit for the glory that's getting ready to come in the future. Can I just decree and declare? Declare and prophesy over someone that God's strength is coming to you that the grace of the Lord is being multiplied unto you in a way that God is going to get the glory and not the souls in your life yeah 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 I tell you what man you got to learn to dress yourself one more time uh, someone in the chat and y'all say it in the house learn to dress myself gotta learn to dress myself can i tell you uh putting on the armor someone else's armor is problematic because god has not called you uh to put this on and watch you know one of the very um the the problematic things and i would say the diabolical things if you will of colonization is that, oh can i just go there for a sec okay if i just you know watch one of the issues that came as a result of this is that many of us have been uh, programmed, come on somebody, by the Greco-Roman Europeanized context to feel like our armor is not up to snuff. Oh. And so watch, so now what ends up happening is we look at Saul and Saul has all of this stuff on that weighs a lot but is not, that is, but is not what is needed to take down the giant. And let me tell you this, when I first started in ministry, I love everybody. I love, uh, I mean, it's amazing what God does in every single nationality. And I love that our church is diverse and people from all walks of life. It's wonderful. When I started in ministry, because I was formed in and, and I was connected in a, uh, in a predominantly Europeanized sort of a context, I started to feel like I had to change the way that I talk oh man am I allowed to just testify I even told our band when we started the church can I just tell on myself I was like y'all can't play those chords those chords are too uh, gospel too black can I just talk about it that was like that was like uh, you know five years ago amen 
and I was like because the context that I was in made me feel like along with the strategies that I was blessed by from their contact that from their contact that along with that I also had to adapt stylistically the armor that they were wearing oh it just started getting tight in here and so I felt less than and I felt like I couldn't do this or that and I couldn't be myself. I even went to a context where I became a leader therein in this place where, you know, they wouldn't allow me. I could imagine this in a church. I couldn't say hallelujah. I didn't find that out until after I signed on. They didn't, because they were extremely seeker sensitive, they said hallelujah is too churchy of a word. And so because of this, you know, people might not understand what that means. I mean, you even got secular people saying hallelujah. Come on. Girl sexy hallelujah. I mean, if Uptown Funk don't give it to you, can we at least have it in church where it can? I'm crazy, just in case y'all didn't realize. I mean, I know it's just, but we couldn't say, we couldn't say this. They didn't want me to, you know, be too demonstrative in my communication because, you know, if I did so, you might be a little, you know. I couldn't even ask, like, so I couldn't even ask, how y'all doing tonight? I couldn't even do anything like that. So it got to the place where I'm like, you know what? Okay, Jesus, I think you called me here, Lord. So I'm going to fit in. Can I just talk about it? Yeah. I'm going to fit in, Lord, and I'm going to... You know, I'm going to go ahead and try and, you know, sweeten up my voice a bit. And <laughs> Y'all don't want me to be real today. And so, man, I'm there and I will never forget. Pastor Chantel's like, babe, be careful. So, look, the service I was responsible for moderating was happening uh, in the evening time. And before that, my friend... Who preached in a Pentecostal church he's like he's like bro can you come and play the organ for me uh in church uh you know before this you know program can you pop by and play the organ because I used to be a like professionally play Hammond organ in church so I went there he's preaching he is going ham he is going and I'm playing the organ behind him and we're having church and we're having a time and it was amazing and I was like yeah I'm so stoned I'm like I missed this so guess what happened when I left that service And went over to that service I was the organist there but they gave me the mic in the next service so I got up and I'm like how y'all doing tonight God is good hallelujah and the plane just started going down and at that moment I realized that I was wearing and attempting to wear someone's armor come on somebody and the fact of the matter is here it is I was it's not that that context is wrong and that they are ineffective or anything of this nature but it was the fact that I was being inauthentic and watch if all of me can't come I'm not coming y'all ought to just get to the place i didn't come to preach like this but i wonder if it's three people in the balcony that can get to the place where you look at your neighbor and tell them neighbor oh neighbor it ain't worth it if all of you can't come come on somebody look at somebody else and tell them neighbor even in church if all of me can't come i ain't coming now you ought to just get, 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 get. 
So now I'm a pre. Listen, the thing is, because a lot of them people talk about you until their people start talking and preaching and singing and <gasps> and preaching and all that. Like, okay, you don't want to be. Until they start gripping the mic when they told me to stop gripping the mic like this because I'm I'm not I'm a preacher, not a rapper. But until their people started grabbing the mic like this, it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So I just want to tell you it's important because peep this, peep this. David's rejection of Saul's armor didn't mean that Saul's armor was ineffective. It just wasn't right for David. And so there are many people that get up in their feelings when you say, nah, I'm not going to do this or I can't wear this or no, stylistically, this is not going to work for me. You're saying, oh, you're, you're decrying or you're, no, it's just me saying that this is not my armor. Y'all still with me? You still my friend? Okay. So look, this is important because here it is. David says to Saul in verse 39, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. It wasn't about they, the fact, it wasn't that they, were eff, that they weren't efficacious, but the fact is that they were not familiar to David. Can I tell you this? I want you to, to peep this. This is some writable stuff. Don't trust what you haven't tested. Thick it, thick it. Don't trust what you haven't tested. I don't care how it worked for other people. Today I'm talking about authenticity. I don't care how, I mean, at the end of the night and the day, God has placed you in the planet with a specific assignment on your life. He has called you to carry out certain things. And in many regards, the plans and the garb of others is not going to be effective in you. I mean, think about it. David shows up with a slingshot. How puny would, did that look against all of Saul's armor? But when the favor and the anointing of God is on the slingshot, it's even greater than the heavy weighing armor. David had experience with the slingshot. In fact, he killed a lion and a bear. And so watch, here it is, God's calling on your life. Oftentimes, your armor, the armor, the thing that he calls you to fight with looks like your testimony. You have experienced many of the things that you are passionate about. It's that that God desires to use to guard you against the attack of the enemy and use you to be able to overthrow the Goliaths that are in your path. And we as a church, the Goliaths that stand in front of us. Are you with me? Too many things today because it looks cute, because it sounds nice, because they say Jesus. That is why we are trusting it. Can I just talk about Bible? First John chapter 4 declares and says to test every spirit. To see if it be of me. Come on. Thessalonians, Paul tells the church at Thessalonica. He says, he says, test all things or prove all things and hold fast not to everything, but to that which is true. And many of us are grabbing stuff and holding things and we are, instead of testing it, we're going with stuff that is not tested, stuff that we're not familiar with. Are you with me? And look, man, David, it says that David, when he put on this stuff and all this armor, he tried in vain to go. In other words, it was a struggle. There's a struggle. It was, it was in vain. There was, it was to no avail. 
it did not work there was difficulty that was attached to it oh i hear it there is you you often will know watch uh, it's not actually a weight in terms of a, a scale a literal scale but oftentimes the armor that that is trying to be placed on you you know if it is not for you based upon the fact that there is no grace that's attached to it what do I mean by grace? That's a churchy word. What I mean by grace is that there is no ease. That, it, that When God has called you to wear something and do something, your circumstances may be challenging, but the grace that is attached to what you have on, or the, there's an ease that you're able to walk into it with. And so it's important for us to understand this. But when we think about the weight that was here and how he did this to no avail, Pop, Pete, watch this. Our culture, because this is the challenge, many would look at him and say that he's a wuss. Because he wants a slingshot and not a sword. Because instead of a, court, a coat of mail, this big old coat that he would have on, and, and, a, and a shield and a helmet and all this, he wanted a slingshot. This was unconventional. And, but it was something that he had experience with. Watch, our, it, he knew that that weight-wise, it was too much for him. Here, here, peep, 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 peep. Our culture often glorifies people who bite off more than they can chew and downplays those who can't. Pick it, pick it. Our culture often glorifies peep, people who bite off more than they can chew. And downplays those who can't. So we celebrate dysfunction. It's too heavy for you. And many people watch. They've been thrown into situations where they have to carry more for a season. But there are others who put themselves in position. And we look at them and we say, yeah, you man, you hustled. You did that thing. And, you, and they're broken after it. Stop glorifying brokenness or putting people down because they say, no, I'm taking this off. Oh, can I talk about it? Uh, you got to get to this season where you just get to the place where you say, I'm just taking it off. I don't care if you talk about me. Come on. If it's too heavy for me in this season, I'm taking it off. Give me my slingshot. Come on. Can I preach this thing like I feel it? I just feel this thing all up in my shana now because the power of God is desirous. Come on. For you to walk in an, a place of authenticity so God can carry out the plans that he has for you for the kingdom for the culture and for your household and you gotta stop letting people dress you and drape you and give you stuff that you have not tested that is hindering you from walking in the grace that God has given to you are you with me it's just crazy we also as we cultivate he said I want a slingshot we, also, we often cultivate insecurities in others whose armor doesn't fit the mold. Come on, somebody. We, let me say it again. We cultivate insecurities in people whose uh, armor does not fit the mold. And so we get to the place where we say, uh, because of, of um, all the stereotypes of what a man should be, we will celebrate somebody who does things that seem masculine 
But if someone is a chef, we downplay them. When they can make more money in regards to them walking in their power as a chef or as an artist. Oh my. And many of them we look and we say, some of y'all women are like, amen. Get me a man that can cook. Come on, somebody. Provision doesn't always look like the stereotype or the cookie cutter. And we often downplay people, women and men, because they don't fit in the stereotype. Because they're walking with a slingshot. Are you seeing the picture? And God is saying, we got to stop. We got to stop being fertile ground for insecurity. Is the environment that you're in creating insecurity in the lives of people? Yeah, well, people responsible for themselves. I get it, but you play a part. Come on, somebody. And so watch, I want you to understand this because one of the, and, and, and so look, because people will look in this whole comparison and look what he has and look what he's wearing and look what I have and all this stuff. I want you to, I'm so grateful that David realized, nah, I'm not going to go in this because one of the biggest hindrances to fulfilling your mission is comparison. You do not have the same calling as someone else. You do not have the same journey as someone else. God is not, you don't have the same process. Some of you, you came out in the baptismal pool. You came out speaking in tongues as a baby. Come on, somebody. You were born by water birth into the baptismal pool. Many of y'all, you just started as a Christian and you just, in you in your 30s. Come on, somebody. Your process is different than others. Don't matter if you've been following God since Moses' part the Red Sea or you just started following him on Tuesday your assignment is to walk in the authenticity that God has called you to knowing that as you do so that he's going to do stuff through you that will blow your mind and give him the glory somebody that believes it ought to put those hands together and give him let folk call you weird all you want when you're hanging holding the head of the giant that's in front of you come on church that's why man i mean insecurities all this stuff we don't we are not to the place where we're trying to be like others we're not walking around where we're trying to be like others they'll need you pastors in our church i tell them all the time you don't need to preach like me you don't need to pray like me my wife testifies when we first got married, you know how I am. I'm very demonstrative and I'm very devoted as it pertains to my, my walk with Christ because he radically delivered me from mental bondage and, you know, at a young age called me into ministry and I'm out praying for uh, over an hour walking every morning. That's my, that's my journey. That's, my, that's been my pattern. And my wife was insecure for many years. She wouldn't even pray in front of me. Because she was intimidated because she felt like because she didn't pray like me, even though she'd be praying the house down, fam, now. She's like, I don't pray like you, so I feel insecure. She wouldn't even pray in front of me. And I'm like, and she never told me. I'm like, I didn't want to pressure her or force her, but it got to the place where I had to ask, why is it? Why is it that it's this way? 
And she made it clear. She's like, because I felt intimidated. And I just want to tell a couple today. Come on, somebody. Uh, take all of those standards off. Let God do the work. Let your spouse be who God has called them to be. That's why I don't care what y'all say about my wife. My wife is not going to be no stereotypical first lady. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. A, listen, man. I'm telling you. She not going to wear not one big hat if she doesn't want to. I'm not looking at her to sing no sermonic solos. Come on, somebody. And listen, it was so bad one time. Someone came and they said, oh, I thought that was your wife. Because this one lady was super bubbly and friendly and all this stuff. And they thought that that was my wife. Come on, somebody. And they said, I would never have guessed that that was your wife. First of all, them is fighting words. I'm not going to tell you how that story ended. Amen. But all I'm saying is that I'm not forcing her into no mold or no box. Come on. If she want to sit back and take care of the kids, she can do that. If she want to start a business, she can do that. Can I talk about it? If she want to go out and preach, she can do that. If she want to empower people, she can do that. Whatever she wants to do, as long as it's what God has called her to do, I am here. Listen, all us men talking about, I am man, hear me war, tugging on belt buckles like a suit. At the end of the day, if you you are can I talk to the men I'm not talking in a belittling way I'm saying you got to get to the place where you realize if you're a good leader your wife is gonna flourish under your leadership if you're the only one that's flourishing you're not doing your job I don't care how many belt buckles you tug and how many of you I am man hear me roar that roar needs to be quiet if you're not gonna do stuff to build up the will okay I'm done Y'all don't like this type of preaching. I'm trying to preach until chains come off. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to preach until the men of God and women of God rise up in the greater Toronto area and beyond and demonstrate the kingdom of God in such an unorthodox manner that when people look and they say, man, it should be this way, that you say, no, we're not following in your pattern. Come on, somebody. We're going to look. Where's my slingshot? Come on. Take back your philosophies take back the fact that y'all talking about chivalry is dead let me open this door for you come on somebody at the end of the day the fact is that the patterns of this world are not our patterns i had to lose sleep more often i just not by might or by power yeah i want to tell you this i'm done I'm done, I guess, man, I have so much more to talk about. I'll have to do this another time. <laughs> but it's important because the, the, the philosophy is if I do what you did, then I'm going to get what you got. And the thing is, watch, let me leave you with this one. You can't photocopy the anointing. You remember back in the day, look, there was a dude named Simon the Sorcerer. Write it down in Acts chapter 8 from verse 14 through 24. I'm done. And what happens is he hears the gospel. He's a magician. He's a sorcerer bewitching the whole people in their town. And people are following after him because of the magic that he's doing. And Bible says that he hears the gospel. And when he hears the gospel... He makes the decision to follow Jesus. 
And then when he says he want to follow Jesus, watch, he goes to the disciples and he says, because he saw them laying on hands on people and they were getting the Holy Ghost. He says, hey man, how much money can I give you so that the stuff that I'm seeing happening in your ministry that I can lay hands on people and the power of God can hit them too. And he ends up getting rebuked by the disciples and they're like, nah man, you are going to be damned if you have this idea that you can pay. Remember you, when you, and you still do now, but remember you used to go to the, you know, photocopier uh, or used to, as staples, they have these little cards. You got to pay for photocopies. Come on, somebody. And he's like, I want to pay for the oil that's on your light. And he gets rebuked because it says, no, 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 no. Yeah, you can be anointed, but you don't get it by paying me money. Oh, that would, that would preach good in a lot of our churches today. Y'all don't. Come on, Moneyline Ministry. I'm getting ready to close. Man, why, why today? I don't know. But you don't pay for you don't pay for the anointing. You don't pay for oil. You don't photocopy what someone else has. But you instead open yourself and say, God, here I am. I. If it's a slingshot, come on, let's go. All to Jesus I surrender. Because I surrender. Yeah. All to Jesus, all to thee, to thee, blessed Savior. I surrender all. I just feel it. Somebody today, God, everything. I know I'm imperfect. I know it don't look like the next person, but I just want to surrender. I surrender all. Come on, sing. And I surrender all. Everything. I dare you to give it to him in your seat today. I surrender. That business, come on. That practice. That family. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. All to thee, say all. All that project, yeah. My blessed Savior. I surrender. I feel like I got to sing it one more time because God's dealing with somebody right in your seat. I surrender. someone it's your time to be baptized it's your time you've been holding back and now is the time God says I want all of you don't wait till tomorrow don't say oh I'll make the decision tomorrow uh, you don't know what tomorrow holds say yes to the Lord while the blood is running warm in your veins make that decision while you still have the readiness of mind I surrender say I, 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 I yeah. 
hallelujah so there's somebody in here today and you're like you know what i do not know the lord online that might be you i have i have not surrendered my life to him why should i do so bible makes it clear that over two thousand years ago that jesus christ of nazareth while we are sinners and headed for hell because of this sin as the bible says the wages of sin is death and it's not only death but it's death in hell i don't have to convince you that people are dying i don't have to convince you that people are wicked and evil that you and i are wicked and evil and that there are things that we do that we wish we would not do or would not have done but the good news is hallelujah is that over two thousand years ago jesus came and he lived perfectly on our behalf died in your place and now through his work when he died and rose from death with all power he invites you today to come to the table he invites you to come into the family to to receive what it is that he has done for you on the cross someone say how do i do that well the bible says and sums it up in three things first thing is that you repent someone say repent means you acknowledge your sinfulness i am a sinner i'm in need of god's i'm in need of saving and you turn from sin and satan and serving yourself and you believe someone say believe believe that jesus came believe he died believe he rose from death with all power and you put your trust in him god i want you to be the boss and the lord of my life and then lastly be baptized someone say be baptized as the bible declares he who believes and is baptized shall be saved and so today if that's you and you want to make that decision we have baptisms coming up in august and i want you we have them over here we dip you in the water showing you've left your old life behind and it's buried with christ's death unified with christ's death and then we bring you up out the water rising to new life you are unified with christ's resurrection from death and as we learn many of you you may even have been following jesus for a long time and never been baptized i call you to make that decision some have been baptized in anyway make that decision and so if that's you and you might even be someone who's saying i did all that and i ran away from christ and today i'm compelled and i want to come back home do i got to be rebaptized again no if you meant it and you were baptized in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit you don't need to be rebaptized. you can you can come back home you can repent and come home and there's room at the table for you